Welcome into State Your Line, a podcast for Kansas Cityans by Kansas Cityans. We are the Ritz Brothers. Today is April 13th. Sure. I mean, we're recording this on Sunday, so I had to get that right. And yeah. I was going to say uh, the four and three Royals are streaking, but we could be five and three by the time this comes out. And I'd consider that streaking. Sure. I mean, Mike Trout coming to Kansas City, take on the Royals. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm going to predict a win on Monday so we can be talking about the five and three Royals. Okay. Which, that sounds delicious after a one week of the season just to, to still be in contention. That's I what, love it. Yeah. I, that's what I want. Yeah, exactly. And, and you said that last week, like starting off, just like getting a little bit of extra, like, okay, set real expectations yes. for the season. Real expectations. I, I said eighty two and eighty, and those are on the on the very high end yep. of most people's expectations. But really, what my expectation and what I want from this season is to be interested in it the, mo- the majority of the season. Yeah. And when you can buy yourself an extra week at a time by just like winning a few games a week and staying above five hundred here early on, and just like buying yourself another week for Keep interest. Me hooked. Yeah. The second road trip. Or sorry, the second homestand, which is now starting today or started yesterday, that because we're in the future. We are in the it's, future. Today's yep. Tuesday. You're uh-huh. listening to this, but it started yesterday. Like everyone are people are want to get out to the K because we bought ourselves some time. We, yeah, we, we, we it's hard to get games. a ticket for. Really? Oh yeah, I was looking for Saturday, and uh, well, maybe it's not hard. I, I need to look harder, but. <laughs> Um, I know they're going to be, I think they're going to be expensive. So I don't know if I'm going to be able to be able to swing that, but, uh, I know. So maybe weekday game might, might have to be more realistic. But the one we just saw today, like that is a good, that that was a good team. Yeah. The Sunday win, uh, in extras, it was, it really was fun. Uh, you know, just having confidence in a lineup Mm -hmm. is really fun. And then having arms coming out of the bullpen who you're like, I, you know, I can trust these guys, yeah. which is fun. Yeah. Carlos Santana just changes everything. And now yeah. I can see why people buy into the, like taking walks is a good thing and mm-hmm. being a, a professional hitter is a good thing because it, it just, it makes a difference having a guy like Carlos Santana in the middle of the lineup, because you know, he's going to give a quality at bat and you know, there's a, almost a 50% chance that he gets on base. Yeah. He has a productive at bat. Uh He usually has an on-base percentage close to 400, and that's awesome to have right now. And so, and then he hits a dong every once in a while that ties the game in the ninth inning. Like, beautiful. Hell yeah. And, uh, and I, and I don't know Hahn giving up that. Yeah, I'll walk run. back my trusting the bullpen. Mm-hmm. More so, it's just we have like I, I like watching Josh Damont pitch. Yeah, it's he's just like must, a, must watch TV. Yeah, and I love that. Uh, Matheny said, "Okay, here he is, seventh inning." And what was it three, four, five hitters do uh-huh. up? I think they're yep. three dangerous hitters. And they said, this is the highest leverage situation mm-hmm. of the game. So I'm going to throw my best arm at him. Yeah. Love it. Smart. I love that. Yeah. So, and Greg Holland pitched good today mm-hmm. on Sunday. So again, Jesse you're Hahn. listening to this. Ooh. But Jesse Hahn's going to be good. Okay. And Robbie Hayden jinxed him. And so it's really Robbie Hayden's oh, fault. Damn it, Robbie. That, that, uh, that Jesse Hahn gave up that home run. But, uh, but yeah, we, we, uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch this team. Josh Dalmount really is must watch TV. Yes. If he's going into the game. Like I need an alert on my phone that says mm-hmm. Josh Stalmont is, is pitching Yeah, because then I'll just like automatically turn on the, I'll, what I'll do is I'll go in, I'll subscribe to spectrum. Yep. 
because I'm 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 not stealing. Yes, that would be a crime. Yeah, uh-huh. stealing cable is a crime. It is, and so I would not admit to doing that over the air. That would be not. I already me. did. Yeah, I have. But it's to consolidated communications, and I don't think they know what a podcast is. That's a fake company. <laughs> yeah, it's fake. But but yeah, that's what I need. Salmon's pitching. I'm gonna subscribe to cable. Watch that. Mm-hmm. Make sure I get that in, and then maybe unsubscribe after that. Yeah, uh, and then uh, really, I mean, you look at the lineup too. It's just exciting to have. Uh, you know, guys that you're, you're you you trust, and like again, the Carlos Santana. Even if Salvi's not, he, his batting average sucks, but his OPS is uh like over 700 right now. So he's so getting on Nicky base. Nicky Lopez, yeah, he's actually hitting the ball too, which I don't think is sustainable at uh-huh. all. It will correct, but I mean, way to fill in, beautiful, yeah. love it. Yeah, we'll need some we'll need some production out of out of Salvi and um. Uh, yeah, and Solaire and and whatnot. Solaire Benatendi, we yeah. lay down the bunt today. So, uh, yeah, again, just just thanks for keeping me interested. Yeah, brothers. yeah, get out, the, get out to the get out to the K. Yeah, this year. Home big homestand coming up. Let's do big it. homestand coming up. So get out there. Um, all right, next let's move into some openings this week. Uh, this one uh, coming to the Nelson Atkins lawn, basically like the mm-hmm. it's kind of the side of their building by uh, Thou Mayest, right? Uh, I think it's, I don't know exactly where it is. Yeah, but it's Tivoli, the theater. Yeah, so they're putting an outdoor um, movie theater, projecting it onto one of the walls of the Nelson. Now, I think it's one of those like newer, like the the fog glass looking buildings that they have, the newer uh, additions. But uh, I mean, total total, uh, South Park meme, uh, release tickets, and it's gone. Yeah. Because... The events are being starting May 7th and they're being held every single week uh, until basically the fall. And they've announced uh, movies and they've sold tickets from May 7th through July 23rd, a weekly show. And it's all sold out. Yeah, it's insane. Every every show is already sold out through July 23rd. So um, this is a cool opening that we're telling you about. And you can't uh, go. You can't go. Um, unless you already bought tickets. Yeah, but uh-huh. keep an eye out because they're going to announce like the second second half of package. the summer. Yeah, yeah. Um, soonish, and then those will sell out probably really quick mm-hmm. too. But I, I love the idea. This it shouldn't have taken COVID for this this idea to yeah. to get going uh, because it's a brilliant idea. Drug park, yeah, getting getting started there. Yep, exactly. Um, and they've got some good people picking this movies because um, they've got. Not at the museum. Not at the museum, kicking things off. Uh huh. Um, but Star Wars, The Big Lebowski, The Princess Bride, which is an all timer, mm-hmm. Fantastic Mr. Fox. There's there's a lot of good movies, a mix of movies like Star Wars that everyone has seen, and more indie films and and more cult classics, and and it's just it looks like they're doing a good job of of picking the movies and not just love it doing the most popular. So. Um, hopefully you, you, maybe you can get tickets second round, second round. I really got to keep an eye out for it, but this is a good start. This is a good start for new things. And, and, uh, something that I hope becomes a regular thing every year is movies in the lawn of the Nelson. Like, let's get it going. Yeah. Yeah. And doing drugs and doing drugs out there. Nelson lawn. Yeah. Yeah. I get that started. Very, just, just throwing it out there. Um, also, uh, speaking of drugs, the Taco Bell Cantina is opening up. I have been to the Taco Bell Cantina that's famous on the internet. You Which know the one? one? Is it in it's, Vegas? No, it's uh, on uh, 
like uh, Pacific Beach in the Bay Area. Okay. And it is oh, literally on the beach. Yeah. It's, yeah. And it's like, why is a Taco Bell have, you know, beachfront property? Yeah. yeah. And it's like a meme a lot of places. Okay. I've, I've been there. Yeah. I've been there. Thoughts? Had a had a beer on tap. Yeah. Uh, Modelo. And it was it was great. Yeah. So yeah. this is a Taco Bell Cantina. It was, let me just say this. It was way better than the one on Warnell. An eighty fifth and Warnell. You or eighty first and Warnell. Whatever. It it was way better than that. That's hard to believe. Yeah. It's very hard to believe. Um, but a Taco Bell Cantina is a um a Taco Bell that also serves like booze and liquor and beer and it like tries to look like a real restaurant. Um, but it still serves, but it's still Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. They, I think I was reading the Kinsey star or I can't remember who was reporting on this. So allegedly mm-hmm. reports rumors are that the Taco Bell Cantina is going in the new Wesley on Broadway apartments, which are on Broadway and and uh, Westport Road, the new oh that one okay across from yeah. Bobcat. Mm-hmm. So the Taco Bell Cantina is allegedly going in there. No one's commenting because it's like super secret. But the a, a spokesperson for Taco Bell said, uh, while we can't comment on the location, Taco Bell. This is a quote. Taco Bell is looking long term as it reinvents what it means to be the restaurant of the future. Wow. Let's just pump our brakes, Taco <laughs> Bell. Why don't we just let's just handle let's just handle putting a little more beef in the Crunchwrap Supreme, maybe. Or chicken or or melting my cheese in the quesadilla at 81st and Mortal. <laughs> or or melting the cheese in in, in a uh um, quesalupa. Or the uh, cheesy gordita crunch. Yeah. Maybe get some melted cheese on that. So let's hold up on being the restaurant of the future. Just put the cantina there and stay open till 3 a.m. And mm-hmm. melt the cheese. And then print money. Yeah. Basically. And put a little more beef in that in that yeah. uh, crunch wrap supreme. Mm-hmm. And so I don't just get bites that are uh, sour Tortilla. cream and uh, wilted lettuce and uh, crunchy uh, shell, taco mm-hmm. shell. But I mean, I'm not going to talk shit on the Crunchwrap Supreme. I yeah. love it. So restaurant of the future. But yeah, I just thought that was hilarious. Um, the Taco. Well, Bell's we country. can't comment on location. We can't say we're working on the restaurant of the future. Don't we're reinvent learning, yourself. We're learning ways to combine multiple traditional Mexican dishes into one, like the quesalupa. Quesalupa. Mm-hmm. Mexican pizza. Case in point, the quesalupa. R.I.P. The Mexican pizza. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Looking long term as it reinvents itself. Don't reinvent yourself, Taco Bell. Be you. Be you. Be, be good be drunk food at 3 a.m. Uh-huh. Stay and open. Fix the 81st and Mornal location. Yes, those are our demands. Um, all right, that is what is opening up this week. Next oh, week. also. Uh, oh, yeah, we've got Torn Label Kitchen. That's right. So, Torn Label Brewery. We had Rafi Chaudhry on like episode three or four, I think. Episode three. Yes, uh, to talk about Torn Label, the brewery, but kitchen? Yeah, so they are expanding. Uh, I, I texted Rafi for comment. He has not responded. Wow. Name drop. No comment. Name drop. No yeah. comment from so Rafi. So officially from Rafi, There's no, no comment. comment. Just uh, like the Taco Bell. We reached out, uh, and Rafi said he's working on developing the restaurant of the future. Yeah. They're, and while they can't comment on any specific locations. Yeah. But <laughs> they are, uh, according to the article I read, you know, expanding quite a bit into the space. The building that they're in has a ton of space, and they really only take up a small amount of it. So sounds like they're expanding. They've added a kitchen. Uh, the 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 person running the kitchen is uh, Vince Brink from Corvino. Hell yeah! Ever heard of it? Yeah, and, Corvino uh, Supper Club. Yeah, 
Yeah, so that is going to be the person running the kitchen. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be awesome. So, again, no comment from Rafi at this point. Rafi's this the point. owner of, of uh, Torn Label. Um, but, yeah, sounds like it's going to be awesome. I, I can't wait to check it out. Torn Label already has, like, I mean, their beer is it's yeah. so freaking good. They have a, a great following, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I saw Magic Magic was on tap this weekend. I didn't get down there, but now they're adding a baller-ass kitchen. Oh, yes. It's going to sound awesome. East oh, Crossroads. It's called Public House is the name of the kitchen slash restaurant slash expanded Hell yes. Corvino chef Vince Brink. Yeah, that'll that, that'll be really fun because it's it's really nice to go hang out down there mm-hmm. and now to have some food to keep you around even longer. Uh, I'm excited for that. I just the East Crossroads is I'm rooting for the it. brewery scene down yes, there is is going really to become good. like a a real tourist attraction. I agree. I mean, like Casual Animal is packed like all the time. Border Brewery, Border Brewing Company is expanding into yeah. their uh, into a bigger space. Imperial Imperial is huge. Um, all of those, th- that new one, uh, Nimble, mm-hmm. Nimble, you, you don't even know what they're serving because they're changing their beers like weekly. It's just an awesome scene down there. Yeah. And I think it's going to be like a real tourist destination. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Love it. Um, all right. Now a little what we tried this week. Uh, this week, I don't know the last time I went here, uh, but finally got to. I'm not talking the drug lawn of the Nelson Atkins, but I'm talking actually in the museum. Wow, cultured. Yes, very cultured. I had my future in-laws in town, and I thought, (laughs) how do I look smart? Take them to an art museum. And and then don't talk. Yeah. Don't talk. Because as soon as I opened my mouth, it was very obvious I did not know anything about art. That's okay, though, because uh, one, it's free to go. Oh, really? So just make a reservation. And that's easy. You can make a donation. Um, I did donate. I mean, no big deal. Uh, but uh, it, it is free if you want to, or you know, you can you know slide a little cash to the Nelson. Okay. Um, so parking underground, easy, or just find a spot on the plaza and walk over there. Either way, uh, and then just there's there's no guides. You just can walk around at your own pace. Everything uh, that's written about the art is probably. 240 characters or less so it's like reading a tweet like that which i'm really good at uh reading twitter so um yeah that's about as far as my brain can read before it loses focus uh so it's like reading a tweet about each painting and everything i hope they didn't do that on purpose i hope people at the at the (laughs) like who who run the museum aren't like all right folks no one's reading anything people are so freaking dumb these days we got to keep it to 240 characters about this classic uh you know 18th century Freaking Russian czar painting that yep. has a uh, history that you wouldn't even believe, but let's keep it to 240 characters mm-hmm. because people are so dumb. Yep. Uh, I hope that didn't happen either, but <laughs> e- either way, I can read it. <laughs> so uh, that part was really nice. And then again, I had no idea what to expect, but just walking around, you can just kind of, you know, pick and choose what rooms you want to go into, what you want to see. Uh, I waited in line. I to think see, that's called meandering. Yeah, you can meander around. I waited in line to see the Monet water lilies, and it goes from the lighting changes in the room, so you can really see the water lilies in a whole different. Color. Are they the? They're not the real paintings, are they? I don't know. I was too scared to ask anybody. Okay, because I was like shocked how much art we have. And I was like, is mm. these all originals? But I didn't ask anybody. Because yeah. I didn't know if that's like an obvious, like, duh. Because there was like a Van Gogh painting mm. that I looked at. And I was like, oh, 
I, I was proud of myself because I could tell it was a Van Gogh, and I was Smart. like, damn, I'm Starry Night looking type type painting. I know. So, that. Um, but I was like too scared to ask if it was the original. Or Any not. dot dot George Sherratt's that you saw? Never heard of him. Yeah, the, the you know with all the the million little dots. And oh yeah, I saw some that looked like that, and those were some of my favorite, but they weren't him. Mm. Yeah, that's how we learned it, Miss Andreessen. Dot dot right, George Sherratt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So it was cool, easy yeah. to walk around. You can get coffee. There's a cafe in the middle of everything to get mm-hmm. food if you want to. And again, it's free. Uh, a great way to spend a rainy day. Would recommend it. Yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. Just get get a get a little ticket online. Yeah, and I heard ticket, you went just reservation. I heard you went with your uh, future grandmother-in-law uh-huh. who uh, dated Monet. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, she did. That's yeah. what I heard. Uh, it's, I don't know if something got lost in translation. It was. But I think that's what she said. Yeah, she I dated think, Claude Monet. I believe so. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So uh, very, very Shout cool. out Bubba. Thanks, Bubba. This is her second shout out on this podcast. <laughs> that's big time. We're just trying to keep her as a listener, you know, keep yeah. those numbers going up. Uh, really grabbing hold of that St. Louis audience mm-hmm. where we talk about everything in Kansas City. Yep. Yep. Uh, so there's a lot of pressure when you're a tour guide. As me and you are now, like people expect big oh, things. Oh, yeah. Big things. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's tough. Okay. Yeah. All right. The uh, what I tried this week, I got sunburn. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did it. It's uh, back. We were, Sunday. I mean, think you're Sunday than was the, sun? the most. Pre- yeah. The fucking sun. <laughs> the sun. The uh, Sunday, gorgeous day. Uh, perfect day to to set two TVs outside. Masters watch Royals, Royals. Watch the Masters, and you know, and because it, it was like seventy degrees, so you're not super hot, mm-hmm. and you're sitting down. And this, and if you stay in the same uh, chair the whole time, my right forearm is fried, <laughs> and so it's just like the one spot that gets yep. burnt because you're just kind of sitting there. And uh-huh. You're like, ah, it's it's like two thirty three. Like you can't get sunburned yeah. after three p.m. Like that's science, right? And that's what uh, I've heard. And and so my right forearm sunburnt, and the right side of my calf is sunburnt, and uh, your right ear probably will get probably sunburnt. my right ear yeah. too. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah, I got sunburnt. Feels good. Yeah, th- this was a warm day. It was yeah. the first day I've had swamp ass all year. Oh, nice. Walking around in jeans. Yeah, Ooh. that was the first day I've had swamp ass. I forgot about how yeah. much that sucks. Yeah, but yeah, got mm-hmm. sunburned for the first time. It feels like, but I think this week is going to be kind of lousy again. It's just but, a, but, a but tease. But we're there. We're there. It's spring. This yeah. is spring. We're there. I think we skipped the fake, the fake out. The go back. The go winter. back. I think we really skipped that. I, I do too. I agree because... We really didn't get back into like mm-hmm. the thirties or twenties no, in we March. Did, yeah. So yeah. we didn't yeah, I agree. All so right. I got some burnt. That's what I tried this week. Yeah, that's tight. Uh way to go out and try some new things in Kansas City. <laughs> <laughs> Times. I'm, yeah. I'm probably gonna like order Minsky's pizza tonight. That's like, the hardest thing about the, this the podcast is that like I wanna try new things. But I try not to eat out more than once a week. Same. So then I'm just like, does that mean I just can't have my classics? Like, I want to go to the peanut for the 300th time, but also I have to try something new. Yeah. That's a mini pine tar right there. Um, All right. Uh, So now we're going to jump to our interview. We uh, interviewed Mitt Winters like two weeks ago to talk uh, about uh, the NCAA and uh, basically kind of getting into paying college athletes. He is an attorney at Kenny Hertz Perry, uh, who we've talked to John D. Don, John D. Don, John D. Don, John D. Don from there before about legalizing 
uh, weed in, in Missouri. Uh, so yeah, an interesting interview. Yeah, Mitt, Mitt, Mitt wrote an article. Mitt played college basketball, and, and he's an yeah. attorney. And so he's interested in, in this Single-game scoring record, you'll learn. Yeah, and he's interested in this, this whole college athletes being able to get paid now for their name, image, and likeness. So we talk about all that, the, the consequences, what NCAA rulings are coming down the line, and basically how kind of shitty the NCAA is. Mm -hmm. And the future of it, because things are changing, and... Uh, yeah, we interviewed him right in the middle of the tournament too. So like we talk <laughs> oh yeah. A little bit about brackets. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. okay. That's good. I knew that would be timeless. All right, today we are joined by Mitt Winter. He is an attorney at Kenny Hertz Perry here in Kansas City. Uh we're going to talk a little bit about college athletes and college athletics in general. So uh, but I can't start without asking you, Mitt, how how's your bracket looking? Um <laughs> it's not looking that good all the did go with Gonzaga, so I still have. I think I still have a chance to win if uh, Gonzaga goes all the way. But um, as probably as most people's brackets are, it's uh, a little busted up. Yeah, those uh, double-digit seeds to make it to the Elite Eight, Sweet Sixteen. So, yeah, I, I would expect. Uh, I would have. Is it easier or harder? I, I looked you up. You you played a little college basketball yourself. Does that? Uh, help you at all filling out a bracket no i don't really think so no yeah i didn't know i, I saw like the you know i think your sophomore year is like you know eight or nine points a game what well, pretty impressive resume at william and mary yeah i had, I had some decent games i uh <laughs> i have a, a few claims to fame for my william and mary days i'm actually still the leading scorer for one game at william and mary hall which is william and mary's home court i scored 36 points one game, I, I can't believe it still hasn't been broken. There have been a few guys that have come really close. Some players that were better than me that actually got drafted in the NBA and stuff. They never broke it somehow. I don't know. And that same game, I made uh, 17 out of 17 free throws. Another record. So those are my claims to fame for my college basketball days. There you go. So uh, I guess it makes sense that now, you know, you're practicing law uh, here in Kansas City with Kenny Hertz Perry. Uh, but it sounds like you kind of, or at least looking at your background, you did a lot um, working with the Big 12 and um, I can't remember what other conference. Uh, and I was curious, it looked like you did some work on conference realignment when all of that was shaking out. So who, who should I be mad at right now as a K-State fan? Um, can I take it out on Texas? I'm happy to do that. Mizzou, I don't like them anyways. I can do that. Nebraska, hate them. So <laughs> really, you got some good options that I can be mad at. Well, I think it all started probably with Nebraska. Um, that was back yes. in 2010. Mm -hmm. They were the first school to leave the Big 12, go to the Big 10. Uh, and then Colorado left around the same time. So they were the first two to leave. So they kind of started it all. And then I think when all the other stuff happened with Mizzou and uh, A&M, when they left, I think you can blame Oklahoma for that one, actually, their president at the time said some things that kind of scared the other schools, especially uh, Mizzou. And that's kind of when Mizzou started seriously looking at the SEC. And, you know, that's when everything dominoes started to fall. So I think you can blame OU's former president. Um, I can't remember his name at, at the moment right now, but that's who I'd blame. Yes. See, people forget that OU said that they were going to the Pac-10. And yeah. – and 
they, that's when the rest of the dominoes fell. Pe- people definitely yep. forget that. But all right, so today we're, we're definitely going to dig into college athletes and the bills that are currently in place for to allow college athletes to to make money off their name, image, and licensing. Um, we're going to talk about college athletes and, and why they should get paid or, or maybe why they shouldn't. Um, my question is really simple, Mitt. Why does the government, why is the government getting involved? Why is it a law that college athletes can't get paid? Or, or like, why is it just not an NCAA, NCAA rule that needs to get changed? What does the law and college athletes, why is the law even involved? So you're actually right that there does not need to be a law that says college athletes can get paid. And so there are really two issues here. You're kind of talking about the name, image, and likeness thing, which is not athletes being paid by the schools. It's athletes being allowed to be paid by third parties, like for an endorsement deal, like Nike could pay an athlete to wear their shoes or whatever. Um, And that, could be allowed just if the NCAA changed its rules. So the only reason college athletes, at least NCAA college athletes are not allowed to be paid for the use of their name, image, and likeness is because the NCAA's current rules do not allow that to happen. Um, the NCAA could change that rule tomorrow and the athletes would be allowed to do that. The reason the, the government uh, at the federal level and the state level has gotten so involved is because the NCAA has not yet changed its rules on that. Um, and, you know, it's become, it's been simmering for a few years. Um, the NCAA has talked about changing it, but just, just hasn't done it. There are some lawsuits about it. The Ed O'Bannon lawsuit kind of involved name, image, and likeness. But although the issue has been around, the NCAA has just never changed it. And finally, there are some people um, who have been involved behind the scenes and trying to get these kind of laws or the NCAA rules changed for a really long time. And they finally have had some success at the uh, state level, getting states to pass these laws. Um, and now the federal government's also getting involved as well. Um, but the reason the states and the federal government have gotten involved is just because the NCAA has so far refused to change their rules. Um, they actually were set to vote on changing those rules in January uh, but they postpone that vote um, till you know sometime TBD into the future, um, most likely maybe sometime this summer. Um, but it's just because the NCAA has not changed their rules. So the law is saying the law is overruling the NCAA, or the law is saying like kids don't have to abide by that rule in the NCAA. Yeah, basically, it's saying so like. California was the first state to pass one of these laws. And it basically says uh, universities in California, you cannot enforce the NCAA's rules that don't allow college athletes to get paid for the use of their name and likeness. So basically saying you have to allow your college athletes to be able to be paid for the name of their, for the use of their name, image, and likeness. Yeah. And the, the federal bills, there've been a number of federal bills that have been proposed on the same issue. They basically say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, same with the other states. Uh, there are actually six states that have already passed name, image, and likeness laws, like the California one. Uh, the Florida, Florida has a law that's set to go into effect July 1st of this summer. So that's the first one that would go into to effect. So it's kind of setting up a showdown between states and the NCAA. Um, 
because it's doubtful the NCAA is going to change their rules before July 1st and some, when at least the Florida law goes into effect. So the Florida law will, will be telling the schools, you know, you can't enforce this NCAA rule. So hmm. see what happens, happens there. The NCAA may sue Florida or other states. Hmm. Uh, so uh, that, that's wild. So how long have, uh, so like it, it, could the NCAA then suspend somebody in Florida, like a player who, who does get paid? Uh, for their name, image, or likeness next year, like a you know, I don't know, Florida's quarterback next year uh, gets an endorsement deal. Uh, would they suspend them, or or what would happen there? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, based on the rules that are currently in place with the NCAA, they definitely could, uh, you know, say ca- ca- college quarterback at Florida, you're not eligible to play this season. Um, I think before next college football season comes around, I think there's going to be some sort of solution in place, whether it's the NCAA voting to change their rules or if it's a federal law that gets passed or if the NCAA sues the states. So the athletes are still not allowed, even in the states that have passed the laws to get paid for the name of use of their name, image and likeness. Um, so I think there'll be some sort of clarity on the issue before somebody would actually be um, ruled ineligible, but Mm -hmm. that's, it's something that could happen based on the fact that the NCAA rules still say athletes can't be paid for the use of their name, image, and likeness. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Mark Emmert in the NCAA. So um, relying on them to, to like make a common sense decision, I think is a, a, a bit of a stretch. So would we be in a situation where, all right, the NCAA changes their rules um, and now they can make money off their name, image, and likeness. So now the law that says you don't have, you, you can't listen to the NCAA, that law has to now be reversed. Um, <laughs> so then would the state have to change its law? Mm-hmm, because now the law, the law says you can't listen to the, the NCAA, but now the NCAA says you can get paid. So now not listening to the NCAA means you can't get paid. It's like a triple negative. <laughs> it's definitely a possible scenario, okay. but what I th- ultimately going to happen is there's going to be a federal law passed uh, that's going to govern all of this. So regardless of what the NCAA rule is or what these different state laws are, I, th- I think one of these federal bills that's been proposed is going to uh, get passed probably sometime later this summer now mm-hmm. that will govern, govern the issue completely um and that'll kind of solve it for everyone and what's like what's the best argument you've heard against this like what, what's an argument that you've heard where you've been like okay I, I i get that like that makes sense because i i really haven't it's really hard to convince me that there's a reasonable argument out there against uh um, college athletes being able to make money at least on their name, image, and likeness. Yeah, I don't really think there are any good arguments as to why college athletes should not be able to be paid by a third party for you know, one example is just endorsing a product, but there are lots of other examples um, where athletes can be paid for their name, image, and likeness, which, you know, signing autographs, um, running camps. So right now, you know, famous KU, Missouri, K-State athlete, they can't go back to their hometown and run 
run a basketball camp and get paid for it. And, you know, a lot of these guys where they come from, they're kind of like, you know, little celebrities and they could go make probably a good amount of money just having like basketball camp using their name, but they're not allowed to do that now. Um, I would, I think maybe, you know, I don't think it's a very good argument, but I think the best argument that I've heard maybe is so, you know, endorsers or companies, they have a fixed bucket of money that they're going to use to spend on advertising or for sponsorship deals. And if some of that money is going to be going to the athletes instead of only to the school, then the school itself will be getting less money that it might use for, you know, for its athletic program as a whole, or like, you know, are not revenue generators. And so then those programs might be hurt because then they'll have less money. That's probably the best argument I've heard. And I, I don't think it's a great argument. Um, I, I just think the pot will probably just grow a little bit bigger and the school will probably get the same amount of money it was already getting. And then the athletes will get some money as well, or it could grow for the school as well. Um, one thing that I, I think the, the NCAA, when they have been talking about changing their rules, they don't want to allow the athletes to be in any sort of name, image, and likeness deal where they're, you know, like wearing their, their uniform or they use university trademarks. So it couldn't have the Jayhawk in it, the Missouri Tiger, the case that Wildcat in it. Um, and I think that's actually a bad idea because if well-known athlete at whatever school is in a commercial or whatever, and they're allowed to wear their uniform, then the school is going to get a cut of that because they're using schools trademarks. I don't, so I don't see why the NCAA does not want to allow the athletes to be using in ads that are using the university's trademarks. I just think that's a bad decision. What about, what about this argument against it? Like as a K-State basketball fan, we we're fighting an uphill battle against KU already, right? Now, yep. now KU is going to be in my head able to recruit even better, and and then we're just never going to beat them, and they're going to win thirteen more, fourteen more Big Twelve championships in a row because they're going to be able to 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 have the biggest sponsorships because they're a blue blood. Yep, that that's another that's another thing that the schools are really worried about that name image and likeness is just going to turn into uh, a big recruiting tool, big recruiting inducement. And, you know, uh, high school athletes are just going to go to whatever school is going to secure the best name image and likeness deal for them. Um, it's, it's a decent argument, but, you know, I think it's not going to, be a big deciding factor for where people go. In my opinion, um, you know, the best players are already going to Duke, North Carolina, KU, Kentucky, whatever it is um, for, for other reasons besides um, how much money they might make, you know, it's basketball, coaching, tradition, history, things like that. Um, you know, I do think it will, it will play some sort of factor in where some kids go. If, if they know if, if I go to KU and this company over here is going to pay me X amount of dollars um, when I'm at KU, it'll definitely be a factor. 
Um, I actually think, you know, if it could actually help some schools yes. that are not traditional powers in some way, not that K-State is not a traditional power. They've had some good seasons. But, you know, K-State, I'm sure they have some alumni who are huge basketball fans that have, you know, companies that do well. And, you know, that could be one way they could get, you know, a few big recruits in there that normally, you know, that KU might normally get, that K-State doesn't usually get. So, Yeah, that's – I think I think it can only – I think if I was a blue blood, if I was a big school like like Alabama football or, or – KU basketball or Kentucky basketball or whatever it is, those are the schools that should be most against it because scholarships are a infinite resource. They're, they're, or there's a limit to how much a scholarship costs the school. A scholarship doesn't cost the school that much. So recruiting five, recruiting 10 five stars, that's $500,000 in scholarships. If you yep. get 10 five-star recruits. $500,000 in scholarships. That's it. It's also $500,000 in scholarships to recruit and sign 10 one-star athletes. $500,000 in scholarships. So scholarships are a set amount that are a, a finite resource. And if Alabama can get five-star recruits at the same price that uh, Vanderbilt University or at a cheaper price than Vanderbilt University is getting two-star recruits, then Alabama has a massive advantage there. The yep. player is not getting what they're worth. If it's an open market and all of a sudden it's not a finite resource and it's an infinite resource, such as just money, real money, then Vanderbilt or K-State can just pay the five-star recruit more and they'll go there as, or you know, they have the option. It's not just costing them a scholarship. So if you're a big program, you know, it's like, Alabama is the Yankees. The Yankees have the, or the Dodgers. The Dodgers have the biggest payroll. It costs them more to be good. It doesn't cost Alabama any more to be good because all they're costing them is scholarship money. So I think big schools are probably the ones that are most against this. It's funny too. I was, I was reading, there's, I was trying to find the history of laws like this, Mitt. There's a, a report about, um, a Carnegie Foundation report about schools providing financial inducements to players um, through schemes such as no-show jobs and disguised booster funds. That was a report written in 1929 yep. about the NCAA. So, like, this is nothing new, but but what is the – and in 1939, players at Pittsburgh went on strike for better pay. So that was 1939, and Pittsburgh players – kind of unionizing kind of like what happened at Northwestern. What, yep. What's the, the modern history of, of this particular law and, and kind of the timeline of leading to July 1st, when the Florida law goes in, into effect? Um, so I think it, it, it came into people's consciousness first with the Ed O'Bannon case. Um, Ed O'Bannon was a former UCLA basketball player. He brought, a lawsuit against the NCAA. It was a class action on behalf of uh, basketball, uh, football players. Oh, we got you back. Okay, sorry. Um, he alleged that NCAA rules that uh, limited the amount of a scholarship that schools could give to college athletes violated the antitrust laws 
because the schools all got together and colluded and set the value of an athletic scholarship, kind of what you were talking about before. Um, it was tuition and fees, room and board and books. That's all you could get. Um, the NCAA lost that case. Um, and as the remedy, the court said, um, in addition to tuition and fees, room and board and books, colleges can also now give college athletes um, a stipend to cover, that would cover their cost of attendance. So you get a cost of attendance scholarship. So um, it varies by school, but now schools are allowed to give athletes. Um, it's around, you know, depending on the school, like $5,000 a year that they're supposed to be able to use for expenses that aren't covered by your, by your scholarship, the tuition and fees are more it books. Like if you want to go out to eat pizza with your friends or if you need to buy toothpaste or just living expenses, just a, that a general student uh, needs money to pay for. So that kind of brought the issue, I think, into you know, into the media and into people's minds. Um, and then the, uh, there's another case, the Alston case, which is actually going up before the Supreme court on Wednesday. Um, and that case was another antitrust case where the plaintiffs similar to the abandoned case were, uh, college basketball, college football players alleging that, uh, the rules that did not allow college athletes to, or sorry, that, that limited the educational benefits that college athletes can receive violated the antitrust laws. Um, and they had the same judge in O'Bannon was the same judge in the Austin case. She again ruled against the NCAA said rules that limit the amount of educationally related benefits that college athletes can receive violate the antitrust laws. And she said, uh, NCAA rules have to change to allow universities to give the athletes unlimited educationally related benefits um, and then also cash awards for uh, education and uh, sorry academic awards and incentives so the the benefits part uh, would cover things like computers study abroad post-grad scholarships so med school scholarship law school scholarship business school scholarship um, and then the academic awards and incentives could be just straight cash that schools could give to athletes, you know, say if you hit a certain GPA target, if you get 3.0, it'll give you 5,000 bucks. Um, and there, uh, that amount could be up to $5,600 per year per student. Um, so when that case was brought and when that decision made, it kind of, you know, kind of further brought, brought things into people's minds. And then uh, the California law, the Fair Pay to Play Act was the first name, image, and likeness law. Um, the big driving force behind that, there's an organization called the NCPA, the National Collegiate Players Association that was started by a former UCLA football player named Ramogi Huma. Um, he started this organization, um, I think, late 90s. He played at UCLA in the mid, mid to late 90s. Um, it's, almost, it's sort of like a union for college athletes, but, but not a real union because they're not allowed to unionize, but it's a college athlete advocacy organization is how I would uh, describe it. And he's been working behind the scenes, you know, for a long time. Um, he was, you know, he was involved in the abandoned suits and other lawsuits. Um, so he was the one who brought this uh, name, image, and likeness law that was passed in California to uh, Nancy Skinner, who's the legislator that was out in California that was the, the one who introduced it and helped get it passed. Um, and then once, once you had the California law, in the news and it got passed and then all the other states started, you know, filing their own bills as well. Um, none of the states 
and universities don't want to be left behind um, if one state's allowed to if their athletes are allowed to give name image and likeness compensation then the other you know states and, you know, and universities start to freak out because as we've kind of talked about they don't want to get left behind in recruiting um, so that's kind of how things started then once the state laws got passed um, then a bunch of federal bills started to be introduced as well um, and then there's there's probably been about five or six federal bills that have been introduced. Um, none of them have gotten too far yet, uh, but I think later this summer they'll start uh, seeing some debate and things like that on some of those bills. Um, and then do you see this as kind of like the final step in this issue of like, okay, once if this passes and, and name, image, image and likeness players are able to be compensated for that do you see the fight continuing all the way to you know salaries and becoming employees of, of schools people who are on scholarship or, or playing football or basketball at schools I, th I think the name image and likeness issue will definitely be settled this summer um, by whatever federal law is passed um, but in terms of the athletes being paid like a salary from their own university um, I think that battle will still be fought. Um, I think it's unlikely that a federal law would allow that. There, some of the bills that have been introduced would have that as a component. I don't think those will pass, at least right now. Um, another big deciding factor is going to be the, the Alston case, which I, I mentioned. Um, the Supreme Court arguments are on Wednesday. Um, and it's, it's hard to say what the Supreme Court could do. The Supreme Court could say, uh, NCAA, you're allowed to set whatever compensation limits you want. Um, or they could say, NCAA, you're not allowed to set these compensation limits and your your limits are violating the antitrust laws and schools should be allowed to compete and pay the athletes whatever they want. So that Supreme Court decision is going to be, I think, the biggest factor um, determining what happens going forward with the schools being able to pay athletes. Um, then depending on what happens at the Supreme court, Congress could also always overrule the Supreme court. Um, so it's all, a lot's going to happen this year. Um, this year is a big year for determining what's going to happen going forward with, with the student, with the college athlete compensation. I actually just thought of the best case against, um, this for college athletes and it's we're going to get flooded with stupid um, NFTs and college athletes uh, <laughs> making their own NFTs Yeah, uh, and it's going to be really really dumb and I think that's the best argument against the name and image likeness <laughs> laws. That's definitely happened based on uh, the craziness around NBA Top Shot. I'm sure there's yeah. somebody ready, getting ready to make NFTs for college athletes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how will like you, you work at Kenny Hertz Perry, just a private law firm here yep. in Kansas City. Like, how, how will like, what is the private law firm's involvement in all of this? Um, so a lot of it will be helping universities navigate whatever the new laws are going to be. Um, whatever, even if once college athletes are allowed to be compensated for their name, image, and likeness, they're going to be some some rules or laws that govern how what how that process is going to go um 
what, what kind of disclosure requirements the athletes will have to their universities. Some of the laws that have already been passed say, you know, athletes, you can enter into NIL deals, but you can't enter into any deals that conflict with a sponsorship agreement that your school has. So if you're Nike school, you can't wear, you can't enter into a deal with Adidas that says you have to wear Adidas shoes during the basketball games or the football games. So it'll be a lot of, you know, compliance stuff, making sure the athletes are doing what they're supposed to be doing, making sure the school doing what it's supposed to be doing. And then you might have disagreements among the school and the athlete about, Oh, does this conflict with the sponsorship agreement we have? Um, so represent the school, represent the athlete and things like that. Um, and then same with the issue of the universities being able to give benefits and, and pay the athletes. Um, the Supreme court decision is going to come out. Um, so universities will, will need help, um, you know, complying with whatever that decision is um, and whatever laws get passed going forward that relate to that. Uh, like- it, yeah. So I feel like the, question and thing that's most important to me is about NCAA football and EA sports coming yep. back. It's yep. been so long. I um, spent so much time in college playing that video game. Uh, so the fact that they are teasing it coming back, I feel like that makes me feel pretty good about this summer in July and how things are going to go. Do you see players getting a cut of, you know, putting their name on that game? Yeah, that's definitely going to happen. Um, I don't think the game's going to come out, though, until they figure out what, you know, once – well, first, the athletes are going to have to be allowed to be paid for their name, image, and likeness. I think even EA Sports said they're not going to release it until that's kind of settled. And there have been a, a lot of schools that have said we're not going to be a part of the game until all that's settled. Um, mm-hmm. Because some of the schools have said we, we, we don't think it's fair for the our school to be in there and, you know, it's not really nominally the athletes are in there, even though they won't have their numbers and stats like they did in the old one um, without them getting paid for it. Um, but it, that's going to happen eventually. And the, the athletes will, will definitely get a cut um, for being in that. And I think uh, it'll be, you know, more realistic. They can uh, use their names. They can use the rosters, uh, their numbers and things like that. So, yeah, I think that'll be cool when that finally is able to come back. I feel like, too, like, once all of this happens, right, somehow the NCAA is still going to, like, exploit exploit these kids. And, like, somehow the NCAA is, like, still going to come out on top, right? Like, ha- like that's going to happen, right? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say. Sorry if I'm a, sorry you, if I'm a cynic. Like, what do, you, what do you have in mind? Well, I, I don't know yet, but I know that there's, like, an evil – guy like twisting his mustache being like when this does happen here's how we'll take advantage of it and the 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 person making the least amount of money on this will probably like eventually be like the athlete yeah it'll be like it'll be like adidas nike are are just profits way up for them and then like the athletes like oh yeah i made some money off a camp i held where it's two hundred dollars a day for for a camp and, and, uh, that was the most of the money that I made and I sold a t-shirt that said the brow on it, you know, or Johnny football or whatever. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. We'll have, we'll have to see. It'll be interesting to see how much 
um, some of the athletes can get from the NIL deals. Mm-hmm. Um, actually read a number of articles today talking about who, who stands to make the most off of NIL. And it's actually not some of the people you would think. Um, some of the people that stand to make the most are like UCLA gymnasts. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen some of the viral videos that they've had that have come out like the last couple of years. Uh, they can make you know hundreds of thousands of dollars off those videos. Um, and then a bunch of women's basketball players like Paige Beckers um, is way up there as well. So you have some, some people that, you know, aren't necessarily on, you know, the national radar as much as like, you know, Trevor Lawrence or like Zion Williamson was a few years ago, but they have such big social media following um, that they could, could stand to make a lot. Um, the, the one issue, like probably what you're thinking of the most um, that people think about a lot when they talk about, you know, the NCAA is making a lot of money and the athletes aren't getting any of it is uh, the TV deals, um, especially, you know, for the NCAA tournament, it's a huge amount. It's almost a billion dollars a year. And, you know, none of that money goes directly to the athletes. The NCAA does dole it out to the schools. So the, you could say that athletes get it in an indirect way, but, that's probably going to be weight rooms too. They dole it out to the weight yeah, rooms. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The Oklahoma state locker room. I don't know if you've ever seen the video. No, I was talking about sweet. the, I was talking about the women's, uh, oh, yes. the, the yeah. dumbbell set that the NCAA yeah, I, got. I, I don't think too much money on that. <laughs> um, yeah. Lost my train of thought where I was going. Um, but yeah. Oh, I, what I was saying was, I think that once the name, image, and likeness thing gets settled and figure out what the Supreme Court's going to do with the Alston case, one area where there could be some more more lawsuits and some still some fighting going on is just the amount of money that's being made from the TV deals. The NCAA makes a bunch of the, the basketball tournament, and then the conferences are the ones who get all the money from uh, the football. Since the NCAA doesn't really have anything to do uh, with power five SB, FBS football, the money's all going through the conferences. So I think that's mm-hmm. going to be area of battle because the, I mean, the dollars dollar amounts on those contracts are huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think if there's going to be any more future lawsuits, it'll be in that area. Yeah. It sounds like, um, I mean, lawyers, that's, who's going to make all the money, Danny. Just here, keep hearing lawsuits. So Mitt might be the guy twisting his mustache here. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> the yes. A lot in legal fees over the past, I don't know, 10 years. That is mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Mitt, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, this might actually come out after that Austin case is settled too. So we might actually have some answers, which would be cool by the time, uh, we get to listen to this, which will be awesome. So I uh, appreciate your time and, and thanks for kind of uh, educating us about all this stuff. We really appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Mitt for joining us and being a good sport uh, about all of our questions as we inquired about all the name, image, and likeness. Uh, inquired about his college basketball career as well. Uh, but what, what did we learn after we interviewed him? How did it go in the Supreme Court? It did not go well for the NCAA. Yeah. Uh, basically everyone ripped them. I don't think they've made a ruling. They just kind of asked their questions. So I think they've the, the justices have asked the uh, NCAA might be the defendants or the plaintiffs. You one were of, pre-law. So I was pre-law. Why don't you let us know? The LSAT. Um, you were pre-med. Same thing. Same thing. 
Uh, but they, they, they basically asked the questions that they wanted to ask and then like responded, and it did not go well for the NCAA. Good. I think the NCAA is the defendant because they wanted They're, this. The NCAA wanted to go to the Supreme Court, yeesh. and it didn't go well for them. So Good. it's happening. It's coming. Uh, as we learned, July 1st in Florida, athletes can can start making money off of their name, image, and likeness. And so it's just another domino. I think it's going to keep going down that way. I think it's going to end up with the Power Five conferences breaking off from the NCAA for college football, and mm-hmm. college football becomes a separate entity uh, on its own. And I think that's the way we're headed, and I fully support that. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Okay. Um, all right, uh, we're going to get more into some NCAA violations with our mixed plate, but mm. now we've got our Kansas City of the week. I think we each have one. I've got one. Okay, I'm going to go first. Uh, I'm giving my Kansas City of the week to Kristen Edmonds of the uh, women's soccer team in Kansas City uh, for really bringing the heat against the Portland Thorns. Those thorn in your side. Exactly. My joke that I was going to make. They really were. (laughs) uh, And Portland is an established franchise. We're obviously an expansion franchise this year, so it was our first game. So I'm giving it to Kristen for not backing down. There's a video I'll tweet out of her, uh, like literally chasing off a Portland Timbers player who, or Thorns player Thorns. who's trying to be all tough, and uh, Kristen just completely makes her, you know, look not tough at yeah. all. She, she gets a writer, yeah. And Kristen was about it. This other girl was fake about it she was she she wanted she, to fight until it came time to fight yep and then she didn't want uh-huh. to fight. she just wanted the ref to see and so Kristen eventually got a red card i think there was three handed out oh, in that match it got wow. scrappy we lost two to one but put up a hell of a fight so uh gonna be an exciting team to watch uh the unnamed kansas city they're unnamed yes i think all season they will be there's mm. kansas city national women's soccer Not league national team probably. Oh, yeah, National Women's Soccer League. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's who I'm giving it to. Is there going to be a name contest? I'd definitely submit a name or two. Okay. I don't know what it would be, but I'll, I'll think while you're going. No, we'll just we'll think about it when the, uh, when the name contest gets announced. Okay. Yeah. Good idea. Okay. Just put that on the back yep. burner. Let me yeah, type it type it out. Um, we don't game. even have internet right now, so <laughs> nothing will be saying. We have no internet. We're no internet. We're live from PlexPod. Shout out PlexPod. We're not complaining. We love you. We do PlexPod. We just don't have internet. It's Sunday night, and who cares? Who cares? <laughs> all right, my uh, Kansas City of the week. You probably all saw this because it went super viral. Um, Julian Marquez, he's an MMA fighter from Kansas City. Uh, he is now famous for his post-match interviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, he knocked some guy out, or didn't knock him out. He won by submission in the second round of his MMA fight. Uh, sorry, UFC. Like it's yeah. the big league the mm-hmm. UFC fight on Saturday night or Friday night. And in his post-match, uh, post-fight interview, he said. I'm the best. You want to put the clip in here? Yeah, I'll okay, put it put in. The clip in. Boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, clip. So now I have a call out to give out to everyone from Kansas City. See, this is the thing. You guys know I'm the baddest man from Kansas City, the baddest middleweight in Missouri. And this is one thing. It's my time right now. So Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, 
Tyreek Hill, I challenge you guys to a badminton or pickleball competition. Straight up, if you guys want to see who the pound-for-pound champions of Kansas City, you coming after me. This magnificent beard tops all of what you guys have to bring. Um, but yeah, so he challenged Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and Tyreek Hill to a pickleball match, saying he's the baddest man in Kansas City. He's the champion of, of Kansas City. Just a genius move on this guy's part. Yeah. Like, shoot your shot. If you're... Okay, there are two rules. There are two rules. Mm -hmm. One is never go viral because someone's going to find... Like, yeah. if you've ever done anything questionable of any kind, poor Ken Bone. Remember the Ken Bone tragic yeah. story? Uh -huh. um, but, like, never go viral. But also, if you have the chance to go viral, shoot your shot and go yeah. viral. So mm -hmm. they kind of contradict themselves. It's yeah. tough. But... He, Did you make those rules up? I think never go viral should be a rule yeah. for everyone. Mm -hmm. No one should ever want to go viral. Don't listen to this podcast. Don't share it. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to go viral. Um, but he, uh, I mean, it's just a genius move because, mm -hmm. um, one, it's funny. He was funny about it. Two, challenging uh, those guys, maybe getting them to retweet you. Boom. Like yeah. You've, you've already become famous. And literally, I mean, I searched his name on, on Google today on my phone because we don't have internet <laughs> and there's just every single sports blog and sports website and every, every website had talking him on about there, him, talked about him, Patrick and Tyreek and, or Patrick and Travis and Tyreek have all responded and said they're down. Like let's yeah. get this pickleball match going. It's a win-win. They'll probably do it for charity or something like that. Um, Pat, doesn't have to do anything. He probably yeah. has like three people working for him that can mm -hmm. like set all this up and he just has to show up and whatnot, but probably do it for charity and, and uh, just a genius move to yeah. get his exposure up. And, and now, like, I've never heard of this guy. No never. one in Kansas City's heard of him, but now everyone's like, oh, there's a Kansas City native out there fighting and winning uh, yeah. in UFC. Mm -hmm. I want to follow. So great move by Julian Marquez. Um, not the first time he's done it. I guess he won a fight on February 13th. And in his post-match uh, interview, he said he asked Miley Cyrus to be his Valentine. Ooh, she responded. She oh, okay. She said she would if he shaved MC into his chest hair. Oh, did he? I don't know. I bet I I would. I would too. Mm -hmm. She's Sweet. got a mullet though. Skull it. She's looking a lot. Is that what they're called? I I don't know. I thought that's when you're like kind of like really tight, and then like uh, what's his name? Jaguars quarterback. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was pretty sweet. <laughs> uh, but I did see just the Kansas City Power and Light getting a little too thirsty, like trying to like get included in this uh, mm. thing. And they were like, quote tweeted Travis or Pat, like, hey, we'll host the after party for charity. And it was like, it's like going to pickleball. Dude, why didn't we tweet? We'll, we'll, we'll comment. We'll be the commentators. We'll, right now. We're commentating. We're commentating. Uh, right. Yeah, tweeted it. Just okay. Do, do it real quick. I don't have the internet. Damn. <laughs> but okay. yeah, we'll, we'll. Hey guys. And by listen, the time we're done, I'll forget. We'll do it for charity. We'll Kevin do it for charity. We'll do it for ch for charity. We will announce it. Fine. Mm -hmm. Fine. We'll okay. do it. Okay. We'll do it. Yes. And we'll then we'll do, do post match interviews and yeah, he, he hang out with Patrick else. after yeah. and become best friends and yeah. Uh -huh. uh, all right. Uh, that those are our Kansas Cityans of the week. Some feel good stories. Uh, next, let's turn the knob. Uh, to uh, some personal pine tars. Get ready to complain. You know, uh, George Brett had the pine tar on his bat, you know, just a little bit too much. Made it a whole big ordeal. So sometimes these little things really piss us off. And I've got a doozy. <laughs> so uh, Nelson Atkins, I got the reserve the 
tickets, which, mm-hmm. you know, were free, but I made a do- donation because, a you know, deal. not a big deal. I did it anonymously. So, uh, but uh, to get the them scanned, it had a QR code that was emailed to me, six uh-huh. of them. Six? But, oh, yeah. So six QR codes. And so to show the ticket person, it was my phone's in dark mode because I'm a normal human being. Mm-hmm. And so uh, to see the QR code, you have to turn your whole entire phone into light mode. Okay. So Not they were normally. like, they, they must have a bad scanner. They do. Yeah. Uh, but the, but the QR code was black on black. So you really could barely see the QR okay, code. Okay. So bad QR code, bad QR code. So I had to like go into my settings and go from light, dark mode to light mode. And it was like having been in a cave for a year uh-huh. and a rock rolled out of the way and a, you know, just light straight to your face. And yeah. I was so scared that, something was going to mess mess up with my phone just going into light mode and like maybe it would get stuck or something because my phone's on the fritz. It was very scary. I had to go into light mode and then luckily scanned it and then went back right back into dark mode. But having to be in light mode for those 30 seconds, all-time high anxiety. It I don't know how you do it if you're in light mode. Do you ever peek over someone's shoulder? Not that you're eavesdropping on them, but maybe you just like, oh, like just like habit, like look at their phone and they're they're like, Looking at Twitter in light or mode. Instagram in light mode, you're like, "What the hell app is that? Yeah, what do you do? You know about a secret Instagram app? That what is that app? Yeah, yeah, uh, it, it's terrifying. Yeah. So uh, seeing that in light mode, uh, having to look at my email in light yeah. mode, it, it was not fun. It's like the 2020 version of the man in the cave allegory. Just the your stone. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Easter just happened, so I was thinking about okay. Jesus. Yeah, too. sure. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah, that's tough, man. I yeah, uh, I was so scared, <laughs> so scared to go into light mode. Very, very scared. Yeah, I like that you forgot your personal pine tar and you had to call Jesse to be like, mm-hmm. "Hey, Jesse, what was my personal pine tar yep. again?" Like, "Hey, uh, fiance, uh, what's that really, 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 really dumb thing I probably complained about like really heavily?" Yeah. Oh, is your phone light mode? Oh, god damn it! <laughs> and then I'm pissed off again. <laughs> You're pissed off again. Um, all right, my uh, personal pine tar is. Weather's turning nice. Okay. I work on the plaza. Yeah. Donation kids are out. Oh. So on the corner of the plaza, there's all these kids hanging out in green vests with iPads asking for donations. Mm-hmm. And you can't avoid them. I made a donation this week anonymously. <laughs> you should think about that. You can't avoid these kids. Their their vests. They say for the children's fund. That sounds fake. That sounds as fake. <laughs> that's human Costanza. fund. Yeah. That's Costanza human fund <laughs> territory right there. It is. And so when you see them, they're like hanging out, and they all the kids are like super outgoing. Like, hey man, how are you? What what's up? You like kids? Do you want to see kids <laughs> be you know poor? I'm like. Hey man, no, I'm good. Like you just can't avoid them. And mm-hmm. when you work down there, and when you walk to lunch, or when you walk to go meet people on the plaza, um, or maybe you try to run an errand over the, you walk past them both on the way there, and then on your way back to the office. And I'm walking past them all the time. Yeah. So I, I just need like maybe I need a green vest that says like I donated anonymously. Yeah. Oh, it'll say I anonymously. <laughs> I'm an anonymous donor. I'm an anonymous to donor, the child fund. To the child fund. Mm-hmm. Anonymous. Mm-hmm. Like, don't look at me. And then and then maybe I can just maybe I'll get like a way. I don't know how to avoid them. Yeah, I it's need tough. a solution. Uh, well, it's hard because I was in the river market 
walked by someone asking, I could tell they wanted me to sign a petition. Mm-hmm. And so they asked, are you a registered voter in Missouri? And I thought, oh, maybe they're trying to get me registered. I go, yes, I'm not. And then they're like, okay, great. Well, here's Damn. what, and I was like, dang, like, yeah. I thought for sure they just wanted me to register to vote or something. Mm-hmm. So when they said that, I was like, yes, even though yeah. I'm not. Because if you say no, then they might try to register, try to register. me for yeah. something. So, so be careful. Maybe well, just, you, no, but I think if I would have said, no, I'm not yeah. registered in Missouri, they would have been like, all right, have a good day then because you can't sign this visit, yeah. petition. So, how, so watch that reverse psychology they're using on you. Mm-hmm. So how do I avoid these kids though? Do I pretend to be a child? Who needs um, funds? Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm a child who needs funds. Yeah. Like maybe your money is going coming to me, and so I can't give or it to you. Or maybe you just. I think you go the route of. Uh, I mean, you are a dad. As a father, As a father, you support a child in need. I already have a child that needs funds. Uh-huh. All of my funds. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. maybe that you just wear a picture of your son on your shirt and be like. I'll get a picture of James. I'll get yeah. a picture of James on, on shirt. your shirt. And then it says, I donate to this child in need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got to I got to think of something. Maybe I need to Google the child fund because I've not going to brag, but I've helped and done a lot of charity work. Yeah. Never heard of this. Never heard of this one. Yep. Fake. Oh, well, I was about to Google it, but we don't have the internet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. uh, On to the mixed plate. We're going to be talking mixed plate of worst NCAA violations. No, not worst violations. Okay. No, like... Most ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yes. So, like, the NCAA was being ridiculous. Because the worst violations, that could get really sad. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to talk about that. Sad. But more like... NCAA, come on, you're being so dumb. Why are you doing this? Kind of like how we talked with Mitt about. So uh, what episode are we on? 102. 102. That means I get to go first. Damn it. Well, you think I'm going to steal one of yours? Um, you think there's a chance I do? I think th- I think there's probably a pretty Ooh, good chance. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with um, meet, number one. meet number one here. Um, oh, man. Here, oh, here's one I liked. Uh, Kyle Guy, who was a Virginia basketball player, uh-huh. he had to hide his wedding registry from the NCAA uh, because he would have been in violation and ineligible uh, if they knew about him getting gifts from people for his wedding. Uh huh. Uh huh. So he had to hide his wedding registry from the NCAA. Yep, couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Don't get married when you're playing. Don't basketball. get married if you're playing. If you're playing college basketball. Well, that's actually pretty good advice. If you're in college, don't get married. That is the NCAA <laughs> is just trying to do him a favor. Yeah, exactly. Listen, that's bud, actually not bad advice. You should you uh, should graduate college before deciding on something mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, it's just so dumb. This yeah. is just gonna get dumber and dumber uh, because my meet number one is about as dumb as it gets. Um, remember that really famous. Uh, a uh, girl pitcher in the Little League World Series, Monet yes. Davis, uh-huh. and her team, I think, won the Little League World Series, yep. and she got really famous. Uh, she, um, you know, a- another highly respected person in women's sports, Gino a- Ariema, the head girls basketball coach for UConn, uh, called her to congratulate her on her victory, recruiting violation. Boom. Get slapped, slapped the with a recruiting violation, violation for calling Monet Davis a 13-year-old girl who was on ESPN every single day yep. that those two weeks to congratulate her on winning the College World Series and all the barriers that she broke as a female athlete 
recruiting violation for Boom. UConn women's basketball. Yeah. So uh, that is what the NCAA did in that situation. Mm-hmm. They said, they said people sat down and said, "This is what we need to do. Mm-hmm. We need to." Vi- he, he committed a violation. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, all right, meet number two here. I like this one. Uh, Dak Prescott had to sue a t-shirt company to get them to stop selling Dak Dynasty t-shirts or else he would have been ruled ineligible. <laughs> so I don't know. And and like the NCAA rule says it's up to the player to get people to stop selling shirts like that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they expect these athletes who can't get paid to then I don't, hire an attorney or something to figure out how to get a company to stop Cease doing this. Cease or something. Um, but uh, yeah, so he had to, to sue a t-shirt company to get them to stop to remain eligible to play. So thanks, NCAA. Yeah, Dak is probably, you know, what did what, what he just sign? He just signed a, a oh, $200 yeah. million dollar contract mm-hmm. or something. He's probably that probably the NCAA is just trying to teach him the right rules. Yeah. And he's probably learned he probably learned a valuable lesson. And he probably reflects on that lesson he learned on a daily basis while he's making two hundred million dollars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um all right, my meet number two, um, and that's cancer. Uh-huh. He was he's from Turkey yep. and he played professional basketball in Turkey when he was like 15, 16, 17 years old, committed to the University of Kentucky to play basketball in college so that then he could go to the NBA and he was ruled ineligible for the entire season. Ooh. Missed the entire season at Kentucky yeah. because he had previously played professional basketball in Turkey. So done. Yeah. You're done. done. You can't Whole do season. it. Mm-hmm. You're out. Uh, totally makes sense. Um, all right. My side number one, I'm going to go personal here with K state. Uh, Jamar Samuels got suspended in the, second round of the tournament against Syracuse in 2012 for getting uh, $200 from his AAU coach because uh, he didn't have any money uh, to eat. Mm-hmm. So Starve. Yes. You should starve S- to death. Please starve. Um, so then uh, this then the NCAA was going to probably come down on MK State, acted ahead, and that, that wasn't very cool with John Curry either. Um, and – I swear we were going to beat Syracuse if Jamar Samuels played that game. It was a one versus eight seed uh, matchup, and Fab Mello. Remember Fab Mello? Oh yeah. For Syracuse, he was out. And oh, we were going to have yeah. Jamar Samuels. We were going to win. Go to go to the to final Sweet four, Sixteen. Probably win, it all. probably win it all. Yep. Frank Martin stays in Manhattan. Yeah. You know, all of that happens, but uh, instead, you know, and then they couldn't talk about it either. Like. K-State and the NCAA wouldn't. So basically, they just made Jamar Samuels look like the bad guy and the villain the whole broadcast because the only information they had to go on was that he committed a a violation. Uh And that's all they could say. God, so thanks. Yep. Uh, I'll go personal for my side number one, Mizzou football. Um, I'm with you on this. Mizzou football. I'm still pissed about this. Gets a postseason ban, so that means they can't play in a bowl game. Uh, bowl games bring millions of dollars to the university and, and millions of dollars to the conferences. And, and uh, Mizzou uh, was banned from their bowl game because a TA said that uh, she helped out with some of the um, football players' uh, tests and papers. This TA, some of my friends had this TA while at, call, while at Mizzou. Mm-hmm. She would offer up extra credit if you brought a bottle of wine to her office hours. Wow. So if you just showed up to office hours with a bottle of wine, you got extra credit. That's this TA who all of a sudden felt so morally uh, uh, 
responsible that she had to report uh, a, a couple of very minor things that didn't even sound legit as far as how mm. she was allegedly helping or being pressured into help helping football players. So um, it was one of the worst and dumbest. Uh, and then Mizzou self-reported it to the NCAA. Mizzou self-reported it, and the NCAA, and there was precedent that if you self-report, the NCAA will go easier on you because they have to do less investigating, they have to expend less resources, and so the precedent is a, le- a less harsh punishment. But they went all in, mm-hmm. uh, punished Mizzou super hard. Uh, meanwhile, North Carolina is University of North Carolina doesn't even have classes. Their kids are taking fake classes, which I don't even care about either. Yeah, they just got like the class didn't exist. Yeah, the class didn't exist. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but um, anyways, yeah, that one was really frustrating. And then I think the baseball and softball team got punished very, very harshly. Mm-hmm. Postseason bans as well yeah. at Mizzou mm-hmm. for like one person getting help on one test. One person on the team getting help on one test. Yeah. Well, Danny, uh, a lot of coaches in Little League taught me those lessons. One yeah. person messes up, you know. That's yeah. a great lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Great lesson to learn. So I hope you guys learned it over there at Mizzou. Uh, all right, because we learned it at K State. We hired Bruce Weber, and we don't commit violations. Anymore. Neither do we. We have we we have nice guys. Like yeah. Um, all right, Kim Anderson. <laughs> I'm gonna go with rounding things out. Meet number two here. Uh, this one I don't really side understand. Side number two, maybe. Oh, side, side number, number two. One? Side number two. Side number two. Uh, Des Bryant got suspended for being friends with Deion Sanders. Mm-hmm. Like I, that's the most I can find about what he actually did. Just hanging out with him, being friends with him, and then missed most of his senior season. Um, eight games, yeah, or eight, six yeah. games, yeah, mm-hmm. for being friends mm-hmm. with Deion Sanders. I don't get that, but uh, they were like, "Hey, something's going on here." Neon Dion, you're out. We don't know what, but you're out. We don't know. Yeah, but we don't like it. So yeah, it's out. Uh, my side number two. Um, I'm going with. Um, a Boise State football player. He was homeless. Mm-hmm. Homeless. Yeah. Fans tried to help him out by giving him a place to live. Violation. Yeah. Well, we want you to be homeless. Yes. We'd rather you be homeless instead. Then, then yeah. So, um, that was a real thing that uh, Boise State was punished for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. These are not fake. We did not make these up. These are all real. A couple of my other favorite ones I found. Um, North Florida, um, was uh given a technical foul in a college basketball game because uh, they dunked in the pregame warm-ups. Yeah, that happened to uh, my sophomore basketball team. We are seeing... You dunked, probably. I dunked. You. No, people were seeing if they could grab the rim or not because we were, uh-huh. like, bored before the game started. And then the ref didn't tell anybody until, like, we got ready for tip-off, and then he just teed someone up and was like, <laughs> you touched the rim before the uh, game started. And yeah. we were like, what? And he's like, yep, the other team's shooting free throws. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the University of Memphis had to vacate like 38 wins because Derrick Rose cheated on his SATs. Yeah, that's true. Who the hell cares? I don't. Who cares? <laughs> um, LSU got punished because their uh, sports program was over 208 pages. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. So don't. Got to be careful. Be careful. This is like the BS because then schools have to spend money because they have to hire compliance teams to make sure all this bullshit yep. is within compliance. Stuff like how long is my my sports program? Yeah. So now I got to pay this compliance expert on stuff like that. And Frustrating. Gets me fired up. Yeah. All right. Uh, so thanks to Mitt for joining us this week. Uh, appreciate his time. And then, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll keep... Uh, Got some good guests lined up. Yeah. Up. So, uh, really good guests. Yes. Get excited for that the next couple of weeks. Uh, that's it for us for this show. 
Uh, be sure to follow us on social media at State Your Line. Check us out at stateyourline.com. We'll see you around Kansas City.